Hello, and welcome to Over the Rainbow again. This is your host, Bob, and we have a new name. It's called Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. And people that have listened to me before know I love that artist, NF. It's NF Real, so I stole that from him. I'm still deciding whether I'll keep that or not. But but today we have, I don't want to keep them waiting, two very special guests. Uh, I'm sure you all know Brett Stevens. If you don't, I'll just tell you a little bit about him. He has a book called Crossover, A Look Inside a Manic Mind. And I won't keep you waiting any longer. I have Jane, the mother, and Kayla, the fiancé. Congratulations, Kayla. Thank you. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Good. Good, good. Um, I guess you know my background. I have all sorts of issues, but this shows about you guys. First question I have is... When he first got the attack, did you have any idea what it was? And was it, did you know anything about the history, the inheritance that I think he said his aunt and grandmother? No, I did not make that connection at all. I I noticed um, certain things seemed a little different in terms of me being a little more hyper and telling me, uh, calling at different hours to tell me things going on. Um, but I never once could have imagined where it was leading or like what was coming because, no, I was not really at all prepared for that. Even with the little bit I knew about family history, it really wasn't talked about. And I never, I probably should have been more curious to understand, but, but no, I, I didn't yeah. see that coming. Well, back then, I think, with my father as well, uh, there was no medicine. They they just roughed it out. Um, my father had bipolar, just a bipolar two, mm. and then my mother mm. had a lot of anxiety. And I got lucky, and I got all of that. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, everybody that's read the book knows that uh, you were going through a separation or a divorce when he had his first attack. Um, yeah, about a year before. When, when did you first notice that there was a problem in the first attack? Only when his younger brother went to visit him at school and noticed some very odd things going on, um, and called us. And then, um, his dad just hopped right on a plane and, and went down to, cause I, maybe in his mind, it started sounding somewhat familiar or concerning. So um, I stayed behind. He was 19, just to tell everybody, and he was in college. What was your reaction to the whole um, series of events? Because I think you took him to the psychiatrist first. Is that right? Yeah, well, I literally, I just, he came off the plane at 11 o'clock. We had lunch, and then we went, we drove to the doctor's office, and I mean, by one at one o'clock, the doctor realized that what he was dealing with was just like outside of the bell curve of what he would normally handle and sent us right down to uh, the psychiatric hospital. And like, I, it was completely unbelievable in terms of 
having to, your child to be in the hands of people that weren't you, uh, but knowing that that's where you had to be to get regulated. It was so, it was something so beyond like livable yeah. that I knew. So, and it was a very, very hard thing. Uh, yeah, I could imagine. I have three kids who I love dearly and four grandchildren. And if something like that happened to them, I, I would have, I wouldn't flip out, but I would have been very upset about it. Uh, did you know that what, when did you know exactly it was bipolar one or, or whatever they called it back then? Yes. Interestingly enough, they called it something called, uh, psychosis NOS two times, two, two episodes, still no bipolar diagnosis. It wasn't until the third episode that we really got all the knowledge we needed. Um, and, you know, we have a family, you know, with physicians, and yet uh, we we just did not get, you know, it just, we just didn't figure things out for yeah, quite a while. That's what, that's a, it's really what I like to get across is information for people in case something like this does happen to them. And they just don't know what to do. It's hard to get a psychiatrist. It's, you know, you don't want to bring your child to a right. mental hospital. It's, it's, it's right. difficult, but the problem is if we don't talk about it, then we're, I think that's even worse. Um, so yeah. Anything else you want to tell me about his first manic attack? I mean, we had some of the puzzle pieces in place, but obviously like, uh, you know, and luckily we knew that we had to get him there. Um, and then, um, you know, he talks about it too, I believe in the book, how when he, after about three weeks, he was there, um, and just coming home and like being outside of the hospital and coming to his house and seeing his high school and like everything was so new and different. And, um, at home, there were a lot of concerns that someone was, you know, he still had a lot of the symptoms. It took a while for how, how long the medication was he to manic because he had said that he did have manic. Uh, well, I, I, I hope I'm right to say this. I did not think, think that he was doing hallucinating and until the third episode. I don't okay. remember that initially. I remember a lot of behavior that was confusing to me and different, but like, you know, checking. We had to take all the light bulbs out to make sure, like, nothing. he was worried about security. Like, it's a lot of paranoia, I guess, yeah. if that's the word. He was very concerned with who was watching us, and just a lot of things took time to calm down. But, um, I mean, it's amazing how it did eventually, medicine kicked in, and then he was able to, at some point, say, I think it was about six or seven months after he got home, that he really, he felt starting to feel better and I would say well what do you mean by that and, and he said I'm not scared anymore um and then another time when he mentions it he, he said I'm not worrying as mm -hmm. much so it just carries with it a lot of just a lot of worry like you say a lot you know? of pain and worry yeah yeah it was because your whole life is I mean his whole life was confusing to him I don't think he understood and I didn't really I mean we we just didn't understand what was happening and um it says something that you you know you can come from a knowledgeable family like in you know be educated and still have no idea about this um so there's so much learning we've done and so much learning that I've done mm -hmm. and you know I was just discussing that with Kayla that 
we now think we would be careful with symptoms that we'd be more on top of it. Um, be, because we were never really with him during an episode. And so right. we part of the aftermath, but, uh, I don't know what that would be like. <laughs> um, by the time the third episode happened and I came, dropped everything and flew to where he was, he was already in the emergency room. So he had gone through the whole thing and gotten taken by police to the hospital. In a matter of 24 hours, I was in the back of a police car. I was in an ambulance. Like, very traumatic. Obviously, he's the most important thing. But, like, I was thrown into unbelievable chaos. <laughs> and then also, even with a father and was a physician, we never got a lot of information from the medical staff. We didn't know what was going on a lot of the time. Uh, while we were with him at the hospital, so but yet, but yet, it's the only place to be. You know, it's hard to. It's a yeah. hard thing. Yeah, it's very confusing. I was in a mental hospital, and believe me, um, it's confusing, and it's it's not a good place to be. But um, I was going to get Kayla involved if we can. I guess the first question is, where did you two meet, and what time period was that? Uh, Brett and I met about eight years ago. Uh, we were, I was working at a gym, um, at, you know, at the front desk and he had just come in as like a sales associate there. So okay. that's how we met. Okay. So it was eight years ago. So we had like one episode after that. Yeah. After you met him. Okay. Two. Oh, yeah. we had two. So. What what did you think about that? I mean, were you guys a, a quote unquote couple at that point, or? Oh, um, Brett and I became a couple uh, about eight months or four months ago. Oh, okay. But you did know him for years first, right? Yeah, we knew we knew each other for years, um, and we remained. Yeah, we remained friends for a while, and um, even when he had moved and been away. Um, you know, we would keep in touch and sometimes we would lose touch, but we always, um, found a way to get back together and see how the other was doing. And now we're here. <laughs> okay. So you never really saw him in an episode then? No. Um, when I met Brett eight years ago, he did tell me, um, about him having his first episode. Um, I never really thought too much of it. Um, the two, um, last episodes, we were not, um, involved at the time he was living out of town um, but I did get the experience and be with him during the aftermath of the last episode okay when he had come back yeah I wasn't sure what the story was so now you're uh fiance which is great um <laughs> the question I wondered about was when he had his anxiety and depression after the episode how how bad was that was it awful or well yeah could you describe a little bit about yeah it's very hard because he wanted to do things but he couldn't do things so he didn't like being home but the only place he could be was home so i basically just cleared my calendar because we would make plans and then cancel them or he would try to see a friend and then cancel the plans. And then, um, 
just, you know, we would have so many conversations about things and, you know, just, I guess, talking probably very healthy uh, at a time like that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of felt like uh, proximity was really important. And just that's why I wanted, you know, I just made, made sure that either myself or someone was always around um, should he have a need for something, uh, whether it was a conversation or a card game or a meal. Well, well, did he just like um, lay in bed, or he was out and about? Yeah, he did lay in bed. Yeah, there was some of that in the beginning, but then he's like a very unique person in the sense that he kind of sometimes would force himself to to try to make some progress. But no, there was a there were weeks at a time with just kind of waiting to get stronger. Or bra- bravery actually was part of it, like oh, the simplest things that we all take. For- the, the simplest things we all take for granted were very scary and hard for him during during that time. Yeah, so, and, and driving, going to the gym, right? Um, being in a mall, forget it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I so. I went through two really bad depressions, and you don't feel like anything. It's like let me lay in bed. And mm-hmm. That's it. So that's good that he even got up and about a little bit. It's very curious for the people that are caring for him because you don't really know what to do. Like many times, and we joke about it now, thank God, I would do the wrong thing and then he would get mad at me and then, you know, like, or say the wrong thing or, you know, you, you're always walking on eggshells because you don't know the mood the person's in and you, something that one day might sound perfect, the next day sounds annoying and like you, you can only do your best, but uh, it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, I heard you quit, you quit your job. When you first took care of him? Well, when I heard on the phone, he said something to me. I remember the exact day that it was, and I knew that something was very wrong. And I just literally left my office and went to the airport without luggage and went to where he was. And that was it. And, you know, we stayed a week and got him back. And uh, I didn't, My I had a family leave of absence. For three oh, months. okay. I got you. And then after that, I just still felt like I was more needed at home than at work. So I just luckily was able to manage it. But um, okay. now I'm back at work. And for the first two episodes, I didn't have to leave work. It was okay. only this last time. So, um, yeah. Kayla. Uh, yes. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you told us when you became a couple... I was going to ask you what you did for a living. Um, I sell life insurance. Oh, that's good. You like you like doing that? I do. I, I enjoy it. Oh, great. Yeah, it sounds like you have a really good personality. I know before Thanks the show, so we, we were talking about uh, a little bit of ADHD, one of the reasons I cut people off and stuff. And you had said that uh, you may... Th- think that you might have that as well yeah when i was younger i was diagnosed with adhd probably in like fourth grade um and i know that they tried to you know they did put me on something for that and i did not continue it like in high school i you know i just struggled with that so yeah i stopped taking something at that point so i definitely know where you're coming from with the uh you know the attention span (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of a nuisance in in the sense that you know it's a little hard to 
relate to other people and tell them why I didn't understand what they were saying, anything like that. My mind just kind of drifts off into different directions. So people really, really, really underestimate the the problem. I mean, I have it really yeah. bad. I, I'm not sure how bad anyone else has it, but I know it is is gets me in trouble all the time. And I just would like people to just recognize that it, it's a real problem. It's not, you know, laziness or rudeness and all that. And I just wanted, you know, to get that point across. But it sounds like you're doing pretty good with it. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. And, you know, it, it was very mild for me, but I, I understand that I've, you know, I've known other people and, you know, just meeting you, but I've met other people who have uh, struggled a little bit more with it. And, um, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's like swimming upstream. Yeah. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, I, I, I work in IT and I can't write a sentence. So it's just because I also have dyslexia. Thank you very much. But so when I go to write a sentence, it, it's got five mistakes in it. Like when I do texting with my kids, I don't check as well. And I'm always just texting incorrectly. I, if you look at some of Brett's uh, texts, I'm sure you'll find grammar errors in it. But, um, you know, it, it's annoying. It's very annoying. I have to kind of work twice as hard. And I think it's important that people know that it's, it's real and, it, and it's really bad. And uh, I think a lot of times, like when I tell somebody, that I have it, they say, oh, yeah, I got it too. But, you know, everybody has it. I don't know what the percentages are. So that's uh, that's important, I think, to get out to people. Um, and you said you were 30 years old, right? Yes, 30. And Brett is, does he give out his name? 32. 32. Perfect. That's good. Um, does he ever now kind of get moody or depressed at all? I wouldn't say depressed. The last time I've seen him really just really down and depressed was after his last episode. Um, it was hard for him to enjoy, you know, events. I mean, sometimes he would come over. Um, and at this point we were, he just came back, um, and we would just kind of keep each other company. And I would notice sometimes he would just be there and, you know, somewhere else. And so that was definitely hard to see him that way. Um, but I would say at this point, I haven't, on the ups these days, I haven't really seen him be depressed in a long, for a long period of time about anything. Um, moody, I would say, just like anybody else. Okay. Average, yeah. He gets, he gets angry. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do too. Yeah. He mentioned that it's, dip- it's difficult for him when he goes out to not get real coffee and not drink when everybody else is drinking or getting coffee he says that's the hardest part but yeah but it sounds like he has a great program are you involved with that at all or is brett just do all that you, do you uh help him I with that say, as far as help i would say in an encouraging way brett's definitely got a good handle um on his regimen and his program and it's been you know it's it's him, his his doctors, his therapists, and he he's really got a great support system with the, uh, them and family, uh, brothers, myself, everybody. Um, so it's really 
we just encourage him. Um, but I would say he's, he's very motivated and he's got a very strong will. Um, and he sticks to it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a competitor. Um, he has a lot of courage and I really admire him for that. Um, and other people do too. But is there something that I'm not asking that you would want to say about the three, you know, the three episodes? Uh, I know on the second one, when he had his second episode, he was, he said he was around 22. That was in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, and we were having lunch, we were having a meal at a restaurant and, uh, he just got up and left <laughs> and really? walked out into the city that we were in and he was gone. <laughs> so I he just walked around. He just left and I couldn't mm-hmm. find him and I got in my car and I'm driving from neighborhood to neighborhood and, uh, I guess overall what I would say, there's exactly where to go, except to tell you that at this point, though, I could really celebrate the fact that he survived three of these things and I pray there's not another one. And, um, I think it gets very, very scary. I would describe it as gut wrenching and scary and like all those words that seem to apply on some of those nights and some of those days when you just don't know, you know, you make it till morning. Um, but now, and then once the medicine is regulated and you see that there's so much hope, then you, it becomes almost fascinating, like, what the heck happened and what's going on and what kind of special person are you, you know? And, and so I think that's luckily where we're all at right now. Um, I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, I just, I, I like to encourage other people that have these issues not to give up, um, because Brett, survived three of them and now he's doing so mm-hmm. well knock on wood and uh i just i just admire both of you i mean i don't know what i would have done but i'm sure i'd be extremely upset um my middle son is got some panic attacks once in a while and that and that upsets me so i can't imagine that uh Something like that. It's one of the worst kinds of mental illness I think there is. Maybe schizophrenia or something that could be worse. But uh, certainly I'm learning something because I thought I had the worst. Yeah. But, but it looks like there's so many different things out there. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's really you know, scary. You have to get it out of your system and cry about it and scream about it. And then you put your mind to getting the resources that are out there. And there's a lot of them. And that's when things start to improve. But I was never the person that handled this in my family earlier on. You know, Brett's dad was a physician. And all of a sudden, I'm in a position now where I had to manage things and, uh, step up and learn and advocate and do all these things that I didn't even know how to start doing. And you learn because what's at stake is is your child's health. And so you move your butt. (laughs) Yeah, not uh, every parent does that. So don't uh, downsell it. I mean, my parents didn't want anything to do with my problem. Um, My brother took me in once for a month and then he said, get out. And I had to drive, drive all the way from New Jersey to Connecticut, back and forth looking for a job as I stayed with my sister in Connecticut. So not everybody does this. I mean, well, that says a lot for your resilience. I mean, even more so. 
Because look, it would look at the odds. You fought the odds, even in yeah, a really difficult I mean, situation. I, I remember taking the four-hour train ride, and I, you know, his, her, my sister's husband was very nice, but nobody wants somebody staying with them. I don't think, you know, it's just, yeah, uh, it's it's something that people don't like, and the fact that you did it and you helped them and all of that is just. It's just amazing and remarkable, and you should get well, some kind of award. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> they don't pass out awards for things like that, though. So. I would like to say, Bob, too, that um, you know, for anyone who has you know met a friend or you know a family member going through whether it's you know depression, anxiety, bipolar, um, I think it's very important for those people to also get have a support system. I mean, there's there's online support groups. Um, if, if you can't, you know, find the right doctor, at least um, to have a place to go for, like, release and support, um, you know, for family members. If you, it's hard to take care of other people. If, if, you know, it's not what I'm saying is it's nice to take um, some time for yourself in order to help those people better. Right. Does he go to, uh, I, I know he does a counseling and, does he go to any group? You don't. No, no, he just sees um, his therapist. Yeah, because I I had a good experience with twelve step group. It's called Coda. It's sort of like uh, you're not really addicted to anything, but it's still twelve steps. So I thought that was very helpful. Um, so now, when you, I mean, do you worry about him when he's? He says that sometimes you might over worry about when he's doing something and you think it might be slipping into a manic situation. Yes. Um, I'm still working on, uh, like a comfortable place there. I wouldn't say that I, you know, worry every day, but definitely there have been, um, just for example, this was a few months ago, uh, Brett was just having trouble sleeping and he figured he would just catch up on, um, some work and I, it might have been like 5.30 in the morning and I was very concerned and you know it, it definitely it definitely caused um, a conversation I mean do you know what to do and I'm I still mean, learning have, so much I know he said he, he 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 taught he's teaching people how to deal with other yes, mental we, Yes, um, recently we went to Indianapolis together and Brett was certified in uh, mental health first aid so that he's able to get other people certified on, you know, what to do if you come in contact with someone who might need help. The class was for people to become an instructor, uh, but as soon as he has a class, I'll definitely be in it. Oh, I see. And get certified. That's great. That's great. I just want to ask if Either if I left something out uh, that that you might want to talk about a little bit more, um, Jane, do you have anything you, you want to say? You know, I had an interesting experience in that um, when Brett's book came out, everybody that read it, whether it's friends or a close family or everyone in between, was like, I never knew you were dealing with this. And like that was the re- the reaction I got from everyone. I had no idea. I had no idea. And, and you realize like when you have to confront something like this, so like you are in the trenches. You don't have you're not even thinking about telling anyone 
you're just so solo. You're solo. And you're on your own and you're confronting things you really don't, you know, difficult things and you, you manage it and, um, the best you can. And, um, it's so wonderful that he wrote this book so that other people know the story sure. now because I'm not sure I could have told it. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and, yeah. uh, his father also helps out in most of the time. Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. They meet and do right. things together. Right. But yeah, we, we had help and we, and like even Kayla was sitting with us many times on difficult days and we would all just more or less be together and that was it. <laughs> that, that, that took a lot of work. <laughs> so you don't have to be doing, you don't have to be doing something to be productive. Sometimes just being there is, uh, is enough. It must be really hard for him to worry about something happening because he, I know from the book that he just slipped into it and he didn't realize he's even going into it. Right. So it must be really hard for him to not worry about it. I know I worry about it a little bit, but I, you know, I think I, I'm on good medication, but. Yeah. Yeah. He seems to have it in a good place. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said it's been three or four years. Since his last episode, it's yeah, great. I mean, it's really good. And all right, um, you guys have been great. Uh, I never had a two interview people uh, <laughs> podcast, so I kind of stumbled through it a little bit. But uh, the information is terrific. And is there anything like? Is he writing a new book? I think he said he was. Do you know yeah. anything? About about you want to say anything about that you know what i will leave that to him i don't know if he's leaking details yet (laughs) all right it's interesting that he didn't want to be there i guess he wanted you guys to to express it without yeah (laughs) okay i mean it's been a pleasure you guys have been great guests and i like to just close with saying that uh, you two were um you know delightful to talk to and I wish you luck with Brett, and hopefully uh, Brett and I will stay in contact and maybe talk about his next book. And I know it was hard for you, you know, it's hard for you guys to come on and, and you know, it's courageous to come on and, and talk about it. Uh, I am not the best announcer in the world, but I try hard. No, you were great. Better, you so. were great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did what I could, but <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, it's been a pleasure. And, um, I, I just want to say that the two of you are remarkable and Brett's remarkable. And I hope I have you guys on again to talk a little bit more and, uh, you know, have, have a great rest of the day. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, Bob. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take the care. All right. Bye, Jane. Bye. Bye, okay. Bye-bye. Okay. That was Jane and Kayla, the mother and fiance of Brett Stevens. Uh, if you have any questions from today's episode, please email me at overtherainbowbob at gmail.com and follow me at over the rain one bow on Twitter. Okay, that's it, and we'll see you guys next time.